Welcome to episode 217 of Explode Your Expert Business Show, brought to you by gtex.org.uk. I'm your host, Simone Vincenzi, and this is the podcast for experts who want to become the ultimate authority in their niche while making an impact in the world. Today, I have the pleasure to interview Susan Armstrong on uh, Escaping Your Invisible Prison and Find Success. Now, before I tell you what we are going to cover in this episode, I want you to remember that if you haven't downloaded yet our Ultimate Selling from the Stage checklist, which is the uh, ultimate checklist to create uh, a pitch that sells but without using manipulative techniques, then you can scroll down in the show notes and click on the link Selling from the Stage checklist. You will absolutely love it and it will help you make five figures, six figures uh, from your event. So now, make sure you download it. Now, back to the show. As I said, I have the pleasure to interview Suzanne Armstrong and she's an award-winning author and workshop leader as well as an international speaker. Suzanne has shared her message in over 40 countries in six different continents and changed the lives of over half a million people through her live speaking and training programs. She works passionately to help people get out of their own way and transform their lives through rewriting their conditioning. In this episode, we talk about how we create our invisible prison, three ways we sabotage our own success, and how to break free which are the tips for transforming your life. You'll also be uh, fascinated by listening to Suzanne's story. I highly recommend you listen to this show because uh, this woman is not just an example of strength, courage, perseverance, but also is a real example on how someone can completely, and when I say completely, I'm saying completely, transform their lives. So make sure you listen to this show until the end. And also you can find the links to get in touch with Suzanne Armstrong here in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed yet to the show, to the podcast, uh, make sure you do it right now so you don't miss any other fantastic episode like this one. Now is your time to enjoy the show and let's get started with episode 217 Escape your invisible prison and find success with Susan Armstrong. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Explode, your expert business show. Today, I'm here with the amazing Susan Armstrong. How are you doing, Susan? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you, Simone? I am incredibly well, thank you very much. I love your setting. Uh, Guys, if you're listening uh, on the podcast, you can go on YouTube and watch the video because uh, something that Susan does, which is which I love. Is, uh, has a, she has a little passion. Uh, can you can talk about your passion before we go into how can we break through from our prisons, how we create our prisons? Well, actually, I don't know if it's that, that much different, Simone, if it's actually a story within Escape Your Invisible Prison. Let's but start with I, that then. I design, um, I design clothing and I make my own clothing. So I've been doing this since I was nine years old. And had times have been different back then, I probably would have been a fashion designer instead of an author and a speaker and a trainer. <laughs> so what, what made you start? Where did this passion come from of designing clothes? Do you remember? Or just... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember clearly. Uh, I was nine years old and I was making hand making clothes for my Barbie dolls. 
Wow. And my neighbor had a sewing machine and she said, let me, let me help you. Let me show you. And that, that started it. So I made all my own clothes in high school. I made my own handbags and then I gave it up about 25 years ago. I gave it up and I was looking for a hobby earlier this year and I thought, oh, silly me. I have a passion <laughs> that I absolutely love. So when I travel around the world, then not only do I get to work, but I get to scour all the local fabric marts for exotic mm. fabric. And this came from Italy. That That's absolutely beautiful. In fact, one of the things that I remember from our first conversation is where, where you mentioned, well, I and make all my own clothes when every time I'm on stage and, and yeah. speak. And I was like... Wow, that that's definitely a way to stand out. <laughs> okay. But I don't tell people that. I only told you that. Yeah, yeah. well, that, now everyone knows. <laughs> now you've told everyone. Now, now I told everyone. Oh, but now there's an expectation. I better finish this dress. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. So you, you mentioned um, that uh, also the topic of making your own clothes is related to escaping from your own prison. What did you mean about that? Well... The, you know, the, I think there, there's a lot of people when I say escape your invisible prison, there's immediate recognition. They say, oh, yeah, because they know exactly what I mean. So I uh, have been doing this since I was nine years old. But here's the thing. When I was nine, 10, 11, 12, I would wear all my clothes to school. And then at some point, I was still designing the clothes and making them, but I wouldn't wear them because in my mind, they weren't good enough. So this was part of that invisible prison that I always talk about, um, and that I was not sharing my things with the world. I didn't feel like I was good enough. I didn't feel I like the clothes were good enough. Does that make sense? It makes that perfect sense. Yeah, perfect so sense. I mean, even before I recognized what I was doing, I and this is why I talk and I write on the topic because, you know, we keep ourselves from being successful. We are the ones that stand in our way. It's got nothing to do with what's happening outside of us. Otherwise, how do you explain that my business has constantly gone up even during what three recessions? Mm. So you mentioned, uh, in fact, this is something I want to talk about. Uh, your business and your success and your career that you had uh, and that, that you're still having. Uh, and before we go into that, uh, you, I know a bit about your story yeah. and a bit about your background. Uh, can you expand a bit more about, so what was your journey to be where you are right now? So we can, we can tap in, in, into this. I okay. think a lot of people will find it very yeah. incredibly inspirational. Personally. All right. Well, I, I found we, it very we, inspirational. We don't have time to go into it very deeply, so mm -hmm. I'll give you the shortened version. Yes. Um, <clears throat> when I was about, well, no, when I was 10, I, I remember um, consciously sitting in my bed, I consciously remember making this decision that, you know, I had tried so hard up to that point to be perfect, to be mm -hmm. all things to all people you know, to, to make people happy, to do what I thought I was supposed to do. And apparently I was failing. I wasn't doing very well in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to try anymore. And I started drinking and, you know, to numb the pain of 
not being good enough and not feeling like I fit in and always feeling so different. I started drinking to numb the pain. And mm. when you're 11 years old and you want alcohol, there's only one place to get it, and that's on the street. Yeah. And so that started a life on the street. Uh, I think probably by the time I was 14, I was a drug addict. I don't know exactly, but by the time I was 14, mm-hmm. definitely I was a drug addict. And so, like I said, at that age, you if you want that stuff, there's only one place to find it, and that's Absolutely. not among nice people. It's among not nice people. So I spent years uh, in street gangs, graduated to a motorcycle gang. I was property of a motorcycle gang, not the nice kind, the FBI most wanted kind. Mm -hmm. And of course, along with living on the street and the motorcycle gang went years of all kinds of abuse. Mm -hmm. And eventually I managed to escape the motorcycle gang and was homeless for a while. And then got the courage to call my father, who took me in. Only, you know, it's an amazing thing, our minds, the the invisible prison that we keep ourselves in. So I had this vision that I was flying home. I had escaped the gang. I should be dead. I knew this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a very long story, but I escaped the gang. I was flying home. You know, I had these visions in my head that my parents would be waiting for me at the airport, all happy, open arms, you know, everything was going to be wonderful. And in fact, it wasn't. I spent, I didn't have the gang anymore abusing me, so I did it to myself. And I spent two years actively trying to kill myself, actively trying to end my own life. And, um, well, apparently I was a failure at that too. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah. So that didn't help much. And um, one day uh, I was laying on the sofa and I used to talk to the ceiling and I didn't know who I was talking to, but I just didn't have any reason for why I was still alive. You know, I mean, I once took a handful of Valium and drank a half a case of beer. So 12 beers and a handful of Valium. And I'm not very big. You know, I'm not very Uh big. And I was smaller then. And I woke up the next day and I did not know why. You know, I would go out and uh, drink and do drugs. And I remember feeling like my heart was going to explode in my chest and I'd get scared and think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And then I'd think, oh, yeah, this is good Hmm. because nobody would be surprised. You know, Hmm. this is what was expected the way I lived my life. And it just didn't happen. And one day um, I woke up and... The thought occurred to me that I was going to die. I knew this. I was going to die, and I was okay with that. And I thought, okay, so I either go on the way I'm going, and I will die in a gutter somewhere, or I can try. Mm-hmm. You know, I can fight and and try. I'm probably going to die anyway because when you have a story like mine, and you've been homeless and lived on the street. And being property of a motorcycle gang like that is very much like a cult. Yeah. So the thinking is is really, you know, you're indoctrinated into this. I thought, if I talk to normal people, they're going to, like, throw rotten fruit at me or they're going to put me in jail. But, you know, something terrible is going to happen. So I, I was going to die either way, I was sure. So it was either just lay down and die or die fighting. And I chose to die fighting. So that is how it actually all started and through a series of 
miracles that we don't have time mm -hmm. for me to explain. Uh, I ended up in recovery in California mm -hmm. and I got there and they were all very lovely dentists and doctors and bank managers. They were all men and there was me. And so once again, I didn't fit in and was scared to say anything because I didn't understand what their lives were like. Mine was so completely different. Mm -hmm. And I decided to escape because clearly I had tried and it wasn't going to work. And I was going to hitchhike to the gang back across the country and I knew they would kill me. And I was okay with that because probably how it was supposed to end anyway. And um, my escape didn't work. That night I went to a meeting and I won for the very first time in my life. I still get goosebumps. I actually made a video about this because I still get goosebumps. I won a book and it doesn't sound like much, but I'd never won anything in my life. And it was on the day I decided hmm. that I was going to escape. And um, that started the shift. You know, I yeah. remember clutching this book and whoever it was I was talking to in the ceiling, I remember looking up at the ceiling and saying, you're not going to let me go even if I want to, are you? And I actually heard a voice <laughs> and it said, no, Sue, we're not. And you know, when you die, they say that your life flashes in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, mine did, but the part, what flashed in front of my eyes were all of the times that I should have died and I didn't. Right. And I recognized in that moment that maybe I was never supposed to die, that maybe there was something else I was supposed to do. That set me on this path. And that's how I ended up here because I wow. decided that, first of all, I had to fix everything that was wrong with me. And I was going to fix that and find out why they had, you know, whoever yeah. had saved yeah, yeah. my life. And no, it makes me it makes me think, and thank you very much for being so open and sharing, uh, Sue, because uh, I, I mean I've been uh, on the street for six months, and uh, I'm like, and that was tough. <laughs> and when I heard your story, and I didn't know in so much details, that's also why I wanted to to have this interview so I could get to know you better in that way. Uh, but I was like, wow, like if my six months were tough, and I could go back whenever I wanted. Yeah. Then uh, it puts a lot of things in perspective, and I think that everyone who is listening now is uh, maybe thinking about all the small times where we made a small problem a really big problem, <laughs> and sometimes we meet someone that actually had some pretty really big problem, and now makes our feel our problems pretty small. And uh, yeah, but Simone, I need to say something about this because it, it, what I recognize. Um, and being on the street as a man, I, it's hard. I mean, I've been there, but imagine being there as a woman. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot that goes worse. along even with it. Yeah. I, I, I cannot even, I cannot even, my mind cannot even but go it, there. Here's what I want everyone to know, okay? I, I get that when you look at me today, you, it's impossible. People can't make the link mm -hmm. between the story yeah. I just told and who I am. It's because I've done a lot of work. But I also want, I want everyone to know that while you don't have my story, you know, what happened to me, what the choices that I made, where I ended up, um, yeah, it's, it's unique and you don't have my story. But I guarantee you the feelings are yeah. the same. Yes, hmm? yes. The feelings and the thoughts are the same regardless of the situation. 
I absolutely agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. I mean, everything can be big or small just compared to to our own life. Um, yeah. So I, I want to do now, right now, you have an incredibly successful career um, yeah. traveling all over the world, uh, teaching, training corporations, which actually this got to be part, uh, you don't know it yet, but I'm going to book you for a second round of interview. Oh, okay. <laughs> when, we, when we're going to talk about uh, the corporate training market and making training experiential because uh, I'm really passionate about that topic. It's going to be a great conversation there. But that's not what we are going to be talking today. What I want to know today is what made, what was the biggest thing for you that made that shift sustainable? The reason why I'm saying sustainable, it is because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, we try something yeah. and then doesn't work. And we try something else and then doesn't work. We try something else and that doesn't work. So was that one thing for you that made the biggest difference in terms of your transition? Was it multiple small things? How did it happen for you? There, there was multiple things. So I consider myself to be a very lucky person. Okay, If I didn't change, I was going to die. Mm-hmm. So I knew what was wrong with my thinking. Yeah. I knew I had a problem with my thinking. And I knew that had to change because if it didn't, I would stay where I was and I would die. And mm-hmm. so... For me, I consider myself to be very lucky because I didn't have to learn these things as a way to grow. My life wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. I was addicted, badly abused. You know, mm-hmm. I, I had all these things that I had to recover from. So when I learned these things, for me, it was different because I was saving my life. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Versus, let's say you, right? You say, oh, I, you know, I need to stop being such a perfectionist but there's actually nothing wrong with the way you really are. So it's easier to slip back, isn't it? When you Mm -hmm. don't have... It's such a strong motive. Yeah, exactly. And I have a a very good friend who is a um, psychologist that works around the world. And she always tells me, and I think it's so true, gravity pull to the familiar is really strong. Meaning why it's so difficult for us to change Mm -hmm. is because our habits are so powerful that it takes energy, effort, and time to build a new habit to replace the old one. And most of us try something once or twice, and we say, oh, well, that doesn't work, and (laughs) we throw it out and go try something different, when in fact, we don't really know if it's going to work or not. We haven't stuck with it long enough. So if someone wants to change... Now, you have a lot of people here that uh, they are all starting their businesses, so they might be scared and there are all their fears of doing something new, maybe leaving a, a safe and secure job that they have and just to, to get out there and uh, try their own fortune in their own business. Right. And then you have uh, other people that have been running their businesses <clears throat> for a long time and now they are maybe struggling because their business is growing, is expanding, or maybe they are still running the business that they used to while now they are they need to step in into a different version of themselves in order to expand uh, the business i mean i found that uh, the the key for for my business to grow is uh, for myself to grow as a person <laughs> and no. i found i found that everything that was stopping my business was actually a thing within me <laughs> that i needed to change or i needed to improve so uh, if we want to change what do you recommend what what uh, what can where can we start what, what steps can we take Okay, so this is this is what you say is very true. So the other thing I'd like to point out that, you know, I've been both. I have had to start 
this business and I've been doing this for a long time, over 20 years now. Yeah. But here's what everybody, and again, I go back to the feelings are the same. Whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in business for a while and you're looking at growing, there's still fear there, mm. right? So the yeah. feelings, again, are still same. the same, mm-hmm. right? So there's still that fear there. So the biggest, if I, if I have to distill it down to the biggest secret, and I don't think it should be a secret. I, I think everyone in the world, I wish I had a little USB drive and I could stick it in everybody's ear. And this knowledge would just like go through everybody. So it was something they didn't have to think about that they yeah. just operated on this principle. This would be the principle. And it, it's, it's, it's a condition of being human is what I call it. And that condition of being human is that we are the center of our own universe. Anybody with children knows this. You watch your children. They believe they are the only ones in the entire world, mm-hmm. right? That the entire world revolves around them. Well, we don't change, and it's not a switch that we turn off and on. It's just always operating in us that our view of the world, how we were raised, who we are, man or woman, how old are we, anything anyone has ever said to us or done to us in our lives, all the experiences that we have shape this view of the world. Mm -hmm. Now, because we've only ever had our experiences we believe our view of the world is the one and only view of the world. Yep. And then we operate it in life as if this view of the world is true. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we operate as if everyone else sees the world the same way we do. So why I call it the invisible prison and I'll take myself as an example. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <clears throat> my lifelong battle will always be uh, self-esteem. Okay. Feeling good enough. Mm-hmm. Feeling like I'm good enough. We'll always, we all have baggage. Okay. Yeah. Basically, it distills down to one of three things. Mine happens to be good enough, worthy. Yes. So I told you about the dresses. Mm-hmm. So basically, here's here's the simple explanation of what what happened. I don't feel good enough. Um, I was raised by a perfectionist mother, so nothing I ever did was good enough. Okay. So I got the message really early on that I wasn't good enough. So I'd make all these clothes, but I didn't feel like I was good enough. So when Mm -hmm. I looked at the clothes, they weren't perfect. They weren't good enough. I saw the stitch that was missed. I saw the seam that was slightly uneven. So in my view, these weren't good enough. Everybody else would look at these clothes and say, what are you, crazy? These are beautiful. But I couldn't see it. Does this make sense? Makes sense. So now I want to take this a little bit farther, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a very simple example. So I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not perfect enough. I walk around and the way our brains work, we will always find evidence of what we believe. It's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And this is why I say that for most of us, we are not successful. Like you said, we have to go and look in the mirror. Yep. Because if I believe I'm not good enough and I go to a job interview, But in my mind, I'm not good enough. I don't have the right skills. Um, You know, I'm too old or I'm too young or I don't have enough experience or, you know, I live too far away or Mm -hmm. they're not going to hire somebody like me. And I go to the job interview. What is going to happen in that interview with those beliefs running through my head? I'm going to be, oh, well, um, yeah, I, I think I can... Like you can see yeah. who's going to hire 
somebody who doesn't have the confidence <laughs> to be able to talk. And so I don't get the job and it supports my belief that I'm not good enough. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. So if there is one secret I learned that my view of the world is just that, my view. And I also learned that what I believe to be true wasn't actually true out in reality, that it yes. wasn't actually a fact. So I often tell people, you know, write down what are the beliefs you have about yourself mm -hmm. and then go through your day and watch for the evidence where that isn't true. Hmm. Because your mind is wired to go to the negative. Okay, it's just like I said, human nature. It's just yes. survival, survival yeah. mechanism. Yeah. That's it. I'm saying you've got to circumvent that survival mechanism because if you believe you're not good enough, you're uh, just a housewife, um, you know, you don't know how to run a business, uh, you're not ever going to make any money, you're bad at marketing, you're looking, you're collecting all the evidence to support that belief. Mm -hmm. But if you change that belief around, then you will find evidence to support the positive belief, and that's where you're going to find change. So I learned a long time ago, whatever anybody says or does, got nothing to do with me. It has to do with them. And I stopped yeah. taking it on. So yeah. uh, the, to, just to give a recap here, um, the first step, which is the most important at the beginning, is to acknowledge that uh, I need to look at myself. I cannot expect other people to change. I nope. cannot expect to influence other people's view of the nope. world or to change other people's view of the world. They are them. They have their life. They got their stuff to sort out. <laughs> yep. But what they are doing is putting their stuff and their view of the world on us. And so it's yep. our responsibility to then look at us and see, hey, where is this coming from? Is it coming from me? Is this coming from them? Yeah. Is it yeah. true? Is it not yeah. true? What do I want to be true uh, yeah. about myself? So now the, the question that comes to me is that people say, okay, now I'm, so I take a responsibility and mm -hmm. I do the first step and I acknowledge mm -hmm. that. I write down my beliefs. I look for evidence. How can I make this process sustainable? Because I find okay. that a lot of people, you know, they keep going to personal development seminars, business yeah. seminars, they write down their beliefs, they start doing it, and then somewhere along the line things, you know, they go back to what's familiar. And I found that from a personal experience, I always have a, like this kind of fight <laughs> in my mind every time I catch myself having a belief that I don't want to have or is not serving me yeah. and I catch it. It's like, okay, I'm yeah. aware of it now. And then there is this period where there is this huge fight where everything I'm talking, I'm saying to replace it, it feels like, oh, this is just bullshit, doesn't work. Yeah. So how can we make this process sustainable? Okay, so uh, the process, obviously, I'm sitting here in front of you, as you said, as a successful global business person. So, so it works. <laughs> it gives so, us hope. Yes, this is my point, right? Yes, this is my point. If I can recover from all that crap, you know, yeah, yeah. the perfectionism, the people-pleasing, all of that, the not good enough, um, yeah, you know, really, we have no excuse, folks. We just have no excuse, uh, except to stick with it. So I can give you a, a number of different practices that I use and I, I recommend to people all the Please. time. But as you said, the point is you need to take action. And I'm really sorry to say this, okay, but I'm going to say it because I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. There isn't a magic pill. There is no one workshop. 
you know, there is no one magic mantra that is going to change your life in a second. Your life will change in a second, in a second, just like that, but not from something external, from something that happens internally. So identify, you know, what is the core belief you have that keeps you stuck? Your conditioning, you know, what are those things that you were raised with? So um, I was raised in in England after the Second World War by parents who lived through the Second World War. And one of the biggest things that I, two, thank you, Winston Churchill, hmm? stiff upper lip, never let them, never ask for help. So, but secondly, scarcity, there will never be enough. Yeah. So, you know, recognize what are those core beliefs that drive you? Because while they may have been true for the people who instilled those beliefs in you, they are not true now. And until you recognize what that belief is and recognize, put your conscious brain on the subconscious belief. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. The subconscious belief drives you. But if you can identify that and bring that to the light and apply logic and reasoning to see how that belief isn't true, it frees you. So that's Mm. number one. Second thing, uh, for a good number of of people, and I, I would like to bet a lot of the people who are watching this or listening to this, you do not have an accurate opinion of yourself. Mm-hmm. Your <laughs> mind, I know, your mind is full of all of the things that were said to you growing up. You know, why can't you be more like your brother, right? Why don't you finish your homework? You're so lazy. Why don't you? Years and years and years of this stuff lodges in the subconscious and we know every experience that we have had we know everything that's happened to us and we base our opinion of ourselves on that knowledge but the thing is we're the only ones that know that nobody else knows that so your opinion of yourself is actually not true Mm -hmm. if you and so i always say one of the this is very difficult it takes courage but if you can do it I promise it will change your life within 30 days. Okay, mm-hmm. I promise. You have to get a more accurate opinion of yourself. And the way to do that is to go to people that you trust. They don't have to like you, but people you trust and yes. respect and ask them. Three words you would use to describe me. And you write it down. You take a pen and paper. You say, Simone, I, I'm you know working on myself. I would like to understand when you think about me, what are three words you would use to describe me? Or what do you think are my mm. three greatest strengths? And then hardest thing we ever have to do. We don't talk. We listen and you write those down. You say, Simone, thank you very much. And that's it. Don't argue. Mm-hmm. Don't justify. Don't minimize. Just write them down. Go to four or five people. It can be family, coworkers, friends. You could ask strangers. You know, when you meet me, what are three words you would use? Yeah. The job is don't argue with them because you'll see themes arise. You'll see themes that will come out. People will use the same word. Then the job is every day for 30 days, you choose one of those things. Just one. Because mm-hmm. your brain can't handle too much. Okay, we're talking habit. One. And you make a conscious effort throughout the day to look for the proof that that one thing is true. So yeah. I, I remember um, when I did, I, this is, you know, when I started to work on myself and try and get better, I was so worthless in my mind. 
that I didn't dare ask for help. So I didn't go to therapy or counseling or, or anything. I did it all alone. Mm -hmm. So I had to create these activities for myself. Yeah. And I remember when I did this and somebody said, you're very generous in my mind. I have no money. I'm working at a ladies clothing store, making minimum wage. I have no money. How can I be generous? Mm -hmm. I, and I struggled with this. And I went back to the person. I said, I don't understand. And she said, no, no, no. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your wisdom. You're generous with your listening. I thought, oh, okay. And then I started to notice where people would come and ask me questions and I would share advice with them mm -hmm. or I would share with them ideas or I would help them fix problems. I thought, oh, I am generous. generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that little thing, the self-esteem went here to here. And yeah. then as I practiced this, by the end of 30 days, I felt a little bit different about myself. And as I felt different about myself inside, guess what happened to the outside? It changed. Mm. And it changed. It, as I changed inside, the world changed how it responded to me. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I think is uh, such an important point that we are making here on this show, on this episode. Because, um, you know, a lot of I tend to go mainly business and strategies and tactics, but you can have the best business strategies and best business tactics in the world. But if you don't feel confident or good enough to approach a client and mention the price that you want to get paid or to mention any price at all, or if you don't feel confident or good enough to attract new talent to your business, then uh, guess what? You're not going to change. You're going to be stuck wherever you are because the world will respond to the way you, if you're talking about vibrations in uh, the vibrations that you emanate, if you don't want to yeah. talk about vibration, the talk will the world will respond to what you believe inside yeah. yourself and that it will give you more of that. So do this work is this really important. And uh, the, the other bad news, uh, I, don't, I don't want to give a lot of bad news in this show, but the other bad news is that uh, it is a, is a freaking ongoing work. <laughs> well, yes. yeah, I wasn't going to mention that, but yeah, since you did, like, yeah. You mentioned uh, there is no magic pill, and it's true. No. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only 30 years old, so uh, in terms of life experience, uh, I've got more to live than I have lived. And, uh, and there is a, a lot more that I got to do, a lot of work that I need to change. Something that I'm really grateful is that uh, I started like studying coaching really? and NLP when I was 21, 22. And so for the past uh, nine, 10 years, I've been uh, like focusing on changing the side uh, of myself. And, and every time there is a new one, it's like, oh, damn it, I just finished the work on the other side. Then there is this other thing that is popping up. Really? Just give me a break, please. <laughs> so, no, no, Simona. Here's how it goes. Everybody should know this. Yeah. So let's let's, share, let's, let's be let's be let's be honest in it. Let's uh, be. <laughs> I mean, why be anything else, right? Um, but whatever those defects are, you know, perfectionism, control, right, self esteem, whatever, self esteem, whatever they are, you got like twelve things going on that you're trying to manage, and you've got a lid on eleven. And it's like the pop-up thing <laughs> the carnival. <laughs> so you just got control over these 11 and this one pops up. And you're like, oh, let me go over here. And then this one pops up. Yeah, I, you know, I wish I could tell the audience that I'm great and I'm perfect and all of that stuff. And this is one of the things that concerns me when I speak. Because when people look at me, 
and they see me, they cannot put this together with what was yeah. back here. Yeah, yeah. But that's only because, as you said, I have never dropped the work. You yeah. know, I've constantly worked to develop myself. And every time the perfectionism comes back up, I'm aware. And when I make a decision, I go, damn, that was people pleasing. I'm aware. So mm -hmm. no, by no means have I got this solved. But I tell you what, I'm a lot further along the road thanks to this. Right. Yeah. So no, you're right. It's not going to stop. Thank you. Thank you. So we are looking for improvements yeah. and we are looking to do the best we can at any given point. And then sometimes things we can't control, we can't control. That's it. Let it go. Tomorrow is another day. <laughs> so here's the other thing that I've learned. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a tangible thing. Uh, hard to explain other than if we had like the five hours to go into quantum physics. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Whatever you put out there is what you will get back. And the one thing I know for sure, I know for sure, when you are on the right path, things will line up and happen. Mm -hmm. When you struggle, it's because you really need to go and look in the mirror. You're not on the right path. You know, yeah. you're fighting for something that you believe in your logical mind is the right thing when your subconscious mind or the real so you true. knows that it's a different path. So let go, stop fighting, yeah. look for the steps, look for the signs and follow that path. I, everyone is born to this life with a purpose. And you know mm -hmm. what? Some of us come in and we're a baker. That's what we are. We have an amazing talent to make cakes and pastries mm -hmm. and doughs. And you can be wildly happy and successful making cakes and yeah. pastries and doughs. Why would you force yourself to be a pharmacologist if you're a baker? You're never yeah. going to be happy. Uh, absolutely. So now it's time It's time to go. Now we are wrapping up this uh, this uh, this part of the interview. Really? Already? Yeah, we got to wrap up. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. It's uh, been uh, such a great conversation. So guys, make sure that uh, you take the time to focus on yourself because uh, in as sue says less uh, in this case uh, is more yeah. you need to have the time to also you know check in within yourself am i on the right track am i creating more struggle for myself that i should be where am i going and if you keep your life and it's you know as entrepreneurs our life can be quite hectic and uh, i know but it's about taking these pockets of moments where you're also reflecting on yourself, you're reflecting on the day, the decisions that you have made, and then there you know where you can improve. So I, I want to now transition to the, the, the last part of the interview where we're going to lift the veil. Now we're going to lift the veil. That's the part where I'm going to share every, uh, ask every guest to share maybe a tool or a book or uh, an app or maybe a practice that they are using or doing that makes a difference in their life so or business. So what's for, what's for you, Susan? Okay. So the, the, if I had to recommend a book to anybody, I would recommend the book that I credit. There's two books that I credit with saving my life because, you know, I'm a lot older than you are. This, my, I spent more than half my life in the other, doing the other thing. Mm -hmm. uh, John Bradshaw homecoming is a book that I credit John with saving my life. Uh, lucky for me, towards the end of his life, he became a friend uh, and a mentor to me, but homecoming. And it's about a lot of the things that I talked about, uh, about the subconscious 
things, our conditioning and how it drives mm -hmm. us. And it certainly helped me get to the bottom of a lot of it. So yeah. I would recommend that. Nathaniel Brandon is the other book that I would recommend around self-esteem and efficacy and feeling effective as a person. So I read, I still read and watch John Bradshaw's videos on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. he was brilliant. Perfect. Thank you very much for sharing. So we make sure that these links are going to be in the show notes. So then, uh, guys, uh, you can uh, you can buy the book and uh, yeah. particulars like keep growing and uh, keep working on yourself. So now it's time to wrap up. Uh, now, Susan, if people want to reach out to you, uh, where can they find you? What do you have for them? What resources can they download? Sure. Let well, um, easiest way is on Facebook. I have a page called Escape Your Invisible Prison. So welcome to join the Facebook page. SusanArmstrongTraining.com. Uh, all of my programs are there. The books are there. So there's two books. There's one book about the story that I told, mm -hmm. but there's another book called Escape Your Invisible Prison with all of the techniques I use to move myself forward. And you can also download uh, 60 minutes worth of free videos on the techniques that I talked about just now on the show with you, Simone. That's perfect. So the link again is in the show notes. Make sure you connect with Susan on her Facebook page, on her social media and download the resources that she has prepared for you. Uh, so then you can keep growing in this journey. We don't want the, these interviews uh, to be the end. This is the right. beginning. This is the beginning of a conversation. Now it starts the work. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the real work the starts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so let's get started in a perfect way. That's and true. Uh, I cannot recommend someone hide enough as Susan so make sure you get in touch with her Hi, thank Susan thank you very much for being on the show it's been an absolute pleasure having you here thank you so much I've enjoyed uh, it so many you're welcome and ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening or watching if you haven't subscribed yet to the show subscribe right now click that juicy button is calling you yes subscribe <laughs> and also leave us a review let us know what did you enjoy the most about this show and I've got a cheeky gift for you if you send me a screenshot with the review then I'm gonna send you a little surprise Lucky you. Now, wow. <laughs> it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much. And uh, remember that together we grow exponentially. Bye for now. <laughs>